0: Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have
1: done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today.
0: You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life giving messages like these to you. Give online, in our mobile app, or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life.
1: Confession of Faith Together. It is at the bottom of the screen. One, two, ready, let's read. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, customize. Taylor, make this word for us, your people, that we move and walk in the things that you have ordained. Father, I pray that there be nothing in this atmosphere, that would oppose this word going forward. Further, I pray that there be nothing in this atmosphere that would uh, cause this word not to penetrate, Father, uh, into our spirits. Father, we are tripart beings. We're, fi- we're spirits. That's our subconscious mind. We have a soul. That's our mind, thoughts, will, and emotions, and we live in a physical body. Let this word hit us in all three areas. I need you to say, Lord, have your way in me. Yeah. Say it like an army. Say, Lord, have your way in me. Speak to us now with clarity. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody in the church say it, amen. I want to preach for a moment from this concept. I'll give you scriptures in a moment. Say, I'm too blessed to stay stressed. To stay. Say it again. I'm too blessed to stay stressed. To stay. Now, just testify to somebody on your left and your right. Say, you're too blessed to stay stressed. To stay. You need somebody that's going to shout with you after you say that. Look at somebody else. Say, you're too blessed to stay stressed. You can be seated. Our series is Taboo Topics, which is something that's typically not talked about. And today's Taboo Topic is wrapped up in that title. I'm too blessed. Here's the operative word to stay stressed. Look at me, 915. The issue isn't stress. The issue is staying stressed. Allow me to explain. See, stress is a feeling... emotional or physical tension it comes from events or thoughts that make us feel frustrated angry or nervous and it is our body's reaction watch this to a challenge or a demand listen to me in short bursts which is called acute stress stress is actually good for us I'm gonna say it again, in short bursts, when it's called acute stress, it's actually good for you. So there's some stuff that you've been uh, mad about and you need to actually say that was good for me. Why? It helped me to avoid danger. It helped me to not make a bad decision. It helped me to meet a deadline. But the issue is staying stressed. Say staying stressed. That's called chronic stress, and that lasts longer, and that can lead to physical issues and depression. And depression is simply unresolved discouragement. Whenever you find people that are depressed, it's simply because they got discouraged and nobody broke them out of it. I showed up on assignment today to break somebody out of your chronic stress, to break somebody out of your discouragement. I touch your neighbor, say, he showed up on assignment today. Now this is taboo because there's often a stigma uh, when we talk about stress, depression, watch me, and even mental health. Mental health is not a bad term, it's not a negative term. All mental health is is how we think, which affects how we feel, which impacts how we behave. But amazingly, in Denver alone, despite having low unemployment, despite having more money, more possessions, and many being in a relationship, one out of eight people in this region, including children, are clinically depressed. This does not include those who are non-clinical and undiagnosed. Yet this region is often hostile towards God and resistant to God in church. I bet you there's a connection. I bet you the reason so many people struggle with what they should not struggle with is because they resist the God that's got the solution. They resist the God that's got the answers. They resist the God that's got the power. But I dare you to look over at your neighbor and say, I believe God. Try somebody else say, I trust God. So there's a guy in Mark chapter 5 that's the perfect illustration of this principle. Mark chapter 5, we're going to go verse by verse. We're going to start in verse number 1. We're going to take, like a physician, we're going to take a scalpel to each layer of the text. And so we're going to to exegete this text. That means we're going to take the meat out of it so that you can digest it. Here's verse number 1. Then they came to the other side of the sea. Somebody say, I'm on the other side of it. You are on the other side of whatever was stressing you out. You're on the other side of whatever was pulling you down. What do you mean, I'm on the other side of it? You're already past the halfway point. Shut your mouth. You're already past the worst part of the storm. Somebody say, I'm on the other side of it. You're on the other side of those marital difficulties. You're on the other side of those financial difficulties. You're on the other side of those issues with your children. That's why I need you not to give up. Why? You're on the other side already. It says they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the A's, which means, let watch this, that word in Greek, it means with God there's a reward at the end. Now, I, I says before I get into the meat of this message, I need you to know God never lets you go through something without giving you a reward at the end. The reason you can't quit is because if you quit now, you forfeit the reward. The reason you can't stop is because if you stop now, you forfeit the reward. And I don't know about you, but let me talk about me. I've been through too much. I paid too much of a price to throw in my towel now and miss out on my reward. If you're the type of person that says I ain't missing my reward, I need you to put a praise in this atmosphere there. I've been through way too much. There would way too much wretchedness. There would way too much betrayal. There were way too much drama to miss my reward now. So watch, watch, verse 2. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Watch this, so say immediately. This guy sees Jesus, and when he sees Jesus, he immediately runs to him. The Bible says he has an unclean spirit. Now, that can get very deep, but I want to keep it simple. There's a Greek word, uh, which is the language of our New Testament. It is the word pneuma. Say pneuma. pneuma. Pneuma means mentality. Check it out. So this guy has an unclean mentality. Let me see if I can say it another way. This guy has a mentality that's so dirty that he can't think right. And when you think dirty, you might instantly think that there, is, that there is something sexual in nature by that. And that's not even where I'm going. Check it out. This guy's mind is so dirty, he can't get anything done. Yeah. Let me see if I can say it another way. You ever, you ever tried to get something done, but your room, you had to clean your house first, you had to clean your room first, you had to clean your car out first, you're going to catch it in a minute. Sometimes we cannot think straight because what we're trying to use to think with is dirty. It's the equivalent of you trying to, watch this, prepare somebody a meal in a dirty kitchen. Anything that comes out of that kitchen is going to give somebody an upset stomach. And I'm here to tell somebody in here that what God has been doing in your life is he's been removing distractions so you can clear your mind. He's been removing distractions. That's why they left you. That's why they walked out. That's why things changed. Why? Because he said they're dirtying up your mind. Watch this. Verse 3. He lived amongst the tombs. Here it is. Where'd he live? The tombs. Who who lives in tombs? Nobody. What are tombs? Places where dead people are. Oh, God, you're going to catch it in a minute. What does that mean? This man lives in his past. Let me see if I can make it simpler. This man lives in chronic stress. What do you mean? The man, watch this, the stressor is gone, but he's keeping the situation in his mind that's gone. Let me see if I can say it another way. The issue has left, but the man's mind's still there. Some of you, although you're 30, 40, 50, 60, you're still living in your teenage years. You're still living in your last decade. That's why every time you're in something new, you turn it into something old because your mind lives in the tombs. I don't think there's somebody at this 915 that can say, I'm leaving the tombs, baby. Today, I'm not stuck in my past, my past failures, or my past victories. Somebody say, I'm leaving that place. What's this? What's this? Don't miss today because you're stuck in yesterday. The man literally lives in tombs, places where dead dreams are, places where dead relationships are, places where dead friendships are, places where dead thinking is. He literally lives in a place where there's dead stuff. Please understand. Uh, If you fail, it ain't because of the devil. If you fail, it's because you chose to live in chronic stress, because you chose to live in a place where God said, that's dead. You chose to stay in a mentality where God says, that's dead. And I need somebody to watch this. I give you freedom to leave the tomb. Why you got to give me freedom, Bishop? Because sometimes the tomb brings us comfort, because the tomb is all we know. You're so used to struggling in your marriage, you don't know how to have a good day. You're so used to struggling in your finances, you don't know how to have a breakthrough. You're... Somebody shout, that's over. Watch. He lived amongst the tombs. And no one could bind him anymore. Look at me. He's, inc- he's uncontrollable. He's uncontrollable. But notice, anymore. He wasn't always that way. When I started preparing this message, literally, literally, uh, there's a scripture that says in Proverbs 27, 23. It says, be diligent. It's speaking to leaders. It's speaking to shepherds. It says, be diligent to know the state of thy flocks. It says, in other words... Make sure you know what's going on with the people that you lead. And as I began to prepare this message, he said, son, he said, literally, he said, I need you to get this out. He says, because there are many people under the sound of your voice where they are this man. He says, they're uncontrollable. They do what they want to do, when they want to do it, how they want to do it, and get mad that what you prophesied didn't happen. It's, it ain't because what you prophesied was wrong. It's because they wouldn't go through process to see it manifested. I came for everybody where you got a dormant prophecy over you, where you got a dormant word over you, where it ain't manifested yet. I come to break that thing that's been blocking manifestation. I came to block that, break that thing that's been blocking you seeing it. This is the year of manifestation. You're going to see what you've sown for. You're going to possess what you prayed for. If you believe that, shout a yeah. was uncontrollable not even with a chain what does that mean? Consequences didn't change him as many of you all if I'm honest with you God God has done certain things where he said I hope you'll get the lesson with that and that hasn't changed you consequences don't phase you instead you buck consequences as if God works for you You buck issues at church. You buck issues on your job. You're always bucking, and you wonder why your life is sucking. I came to be strong today. Consequences didn't change him. So watch this. Your wife said, listen, if you don't stop this, I'm leaving. You're unfazed. Y'all not talking to me your leader says you need to get this together otherwise we ain't going to be able to continue you ain't phased y'all ain't talking to me people say hey we got to get this together and you're unfazed because consequences do not change you why because you have a dirty mind an unclean mentality y'all not talking to me so instead of walking in victory, you're begging God like he's some deadbeat dad. And he said, why won't you just follow me? You know too much now. You, listen, if you've been here longer than two weeks, you know too much now. I wish you just lay your hands on yourself and say, you know too much now. And check this out. I may not be where, come on, let's go there, Well, I want to be. But is there anybody that can thank God that you're not where you used to be? Verse 4, he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he rinsed the chains apart and he broke the shackles in pieces. What does that mean? He had often been bound. Now, the only people who had the authority to bind someone were authorities. Check this out. In other words, look at me. Leaders kept trying to help him. And he wasted the correction. I I need you to say amen. amen. Leaders kept trying to help him kept trying to point them in the right direction. It's a sad thing for you to pray for a leader and then ignore the leader that, you, that God sends you. It's a sad thing to pray for a mentor, get a mentor and then ignore everything the mentor says. It's a sad thing to pray for a father figure, get it and then ignore everything that that man says. I pray you don't get played by your own dirty mind. It's quiet in here. I came to be strong today. He he the chains apart. In other words, the leader said, do it like this. Like, I ain't doing that. Do it like this. I ain't doing that. But who's living in the tombs? Him. And what's amazing is he had money. He had money. He had stuff. But he was stuck in chronic stress. Y'all are getting there. He he had a nice ride. (laughs) but he was, stuck, he was stuck in chronic stress. He was stuck in the tombs. Well, what's this, can we go further? Yes, what's this, what's this? It says, and he broke the shackles and pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. In other words, no one bothered correcting him because he was too difficult to deal with. Every time he got checked, he wanted to give an explanation of why rather than just getting it right. Many of you are treating people that God has sent in your life as help, as if, watch this, you, you, you were talking to your mama when you were four. Because you're always trying to state your side. Well, just hear what I got to say. Listen to my piece. Just. So what happens is, everybody says, this guy's too difficult. I don't want to deal with him. She's got a bad attitude. I don't want to deal with her. Leave her in the tombs. Leave him in the tombs. Because every time we try to have a conversation, watch this. They talk good at the conversation, but there's no change after the conversation. Some of you right here, under the sound of my voice, you got folks in your life where you have tried to talk. You didn't have more conversations. You'd have more interventions. You've done mo- and, and every single time at the conversation, it sounds good. Then after the conversation, it's the same old same. I rebuke the same old, same mess. Come here. I rebuke the same old, same drama. I rebuke the same old, same problem. I dare you to just throw your hand up and say, no more same old, same mess. And not just with other people, but even with yourself. 2019 ain't going to be a repeat of last year, baby. This ain't going to be a repeat of your past mistakes. I'm going to tell you, God says, sing unto the Lord a new song. I dare somebody to shout, I got a new song. Verse 5, night and day, he's amongst the twos. What does that mean? He's not sleeping right. What does it mean? What does it mean? What's this? He is in chronic stress. Why? His mind is clouded. He don't see right. He don't think right. He don't talk right. He don't act right. His mind is clouded. He's living in the past. Because he thinks today is yesterday. He thinks this is that. Now realizing the Lord says, behold, I do a new thing. Don't turn a new thing into an old thing. Because this will be the story of your life. Seemed like all my life I had to fight. Because you, watch this, because you like fighting. Because you can't be trusted with peace. You can't be trusted with good relationships. You need somebody to cheat on you because you can't handle when somebody was good to you. You can't handle when somebody loved you. You could not handle when somebody was in your corner. Y'all not talking to me. So night and day, he's not sleeping. He's amongst the tombs. He's in his past. His days are consumed with thoughts of yesterday. He wakes up on Sunday, you know, Wakes up on Monday, you know, and he's in the mountains, he's in Denver, (laughs) crying out, look at me, he's an emotional guy, but watch this, he's emotional about the past, he's emotional, He's feeling some type of way. He likes to play hard, but he's really sensitive. If you say the wrong thing to him the wrong way, he won't tell you, he'll be passive aggressive about it. He'll tell everybody else but you. It's quiet in the church. He's emotional. And for all the ladies saying, that's right, Bishop, preach to these men. Ooh, wee wait a minute. You know why he doesn't have a name? Because it could be anybody. <laughs> Watch this. He's emotional about the past. He's an emotional guy. He's crying out all day. Every day. He's emotional. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I can sense resistance. I'm coming for your role. I can sense it. I take authority over this atmosphere. Look what he does. He cuts himself with stones. Let's look at several layers. One, he's suicidal. It's a reality. But watch this. He's not really suicidal. What what, what do you mean? He was on a mountain. If he really wanted to go, he could have jumped. He didn't want to go. He wanted, watch this. He wanted some attention. And he found that the only way to make people pay him attention is to watch this, is to be an emotional embellisher. But then can we go another? Can we go another level? I said, can we go another level? But but really, what is cutting himself with stones? He's self-destructive. He can't be trusted with a win. It's quiet in here. Even when good things happen, because a mountain is a metaphor. Watch this for an accomplishment. Even when something good happens, he goes back to his past. And being self-destructive. For anybody under the sound of my voice to watch them on any digital location where you have been self-destructive, I prophetically speak into your life. Hear me that today is the last day of that. <laughs> God Almighty. What do you mean self-destructive? You pick bad relationships. You pick bad friends. You make bad financial decisions. You make bad business decisions. Somebody say, that's over. over. You make bad spiritual decisions. Say, that's over. You make bad emotional decisions. Shout, that's over. I need somebody that believes God today that there can be an end to your self-destructive ways to just release a praise right there. Go. Hey! Hey! You know what? Most of our self-destructive issues are right here. If we're all honest... Because watch this, you can get something good and then in your mind talk yourself out of why you deserve it. Stop saying it's too good to be true. Maybe God says, let me put some grace on you. Grace is when God gives you something good that you don't deserve. Stop talking yourself out of it. Maybe God gave you mercy. That's where he blocks something bad that you do deserve. Listen, you ain't got it because of how good you've been. You got it because of how good he's been. You're not living as well as you are because of how smart you are. I know you're smart, but you're living that good because God decided to have grace with you. He decided to have mercy on you. He decided to give you favor. Is there anybody that can shout, thank you, Jesus? Watch. Verse 6. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he fell down before him. What does that mean? He's an emotional worshiper, but won't let worship change his emotions. He's an emotional worshiper, but he won't let worship change his emotions. What do you mean? He shouts, but won't see differently. He claps, but won't change. He dances, but won't do it different. Jesus. Verse 7. And crying out with a loud voice, he says, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I do you by God. Don't torment me. Look at me. What's this? He's afraid of being helped. Help shows up and he says, You're tormenting me. Somebody that cares about him shows up. And he says, You're hurting me. Somebody shows up and says, Listen, I don't want to judge you. I want to walk with you. The devil sent you. He literally is afraid to be helped. It's quiet here. Verse 8. For he said to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. So why does he feel like he's being tormented? Because what's this man going to do when he cannot live in the past anymore? What's he going to do when he has to let go of the tombs? So it's torment because Jesus is saying, come on, let's go. Let's come out of the tombs. He's like, you're tormenting me. He's like, what am I supposed to do? This is all I know. So it's torment. We like talking about change. We like having meetings about change. We like drawing up change diagrams <laughs> and writing change emails. But when it's time to make the decision to change, sometimes can we tell the truth? Don't leave me out here hanging by myself. I'm not the only one. Jesus Christ, thank you for your honesty. Watch this. Are you still here? Look at verse nine. And Jesus asked him, "What's your name, y'all?" Yo? What is your name? Watch him. He replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. He acts like two different people. One that wants the victory, and one that likes being bound. One that wants great relationships, but one that picks bad people. He's delusional. What do you mean delusional? He's not in reality. He doesn't live here. He lives in a place called delusion. See, when you live in the past, see, look at me. You looking at me? Everybody look at me. Okay. You look in the past. You live in the past. Let's pretend like I'm rolling,
0: right?
1: What's in front of me? Windshield. How do I see what's behind me? Rear view. How can I possibly expect to drive this way when I'm looking at the small mirror? You wanna know why the rear view mirror is so small? Because by design, they said you need to be focused on what's in front of you, not living in what's behind you. So you can't even enjoy now, because you're looking through that little mirror, and the only thing you can see is the people in the back, which is why you feel like everybody's trying to hate on you, because you're only looking at who's behind you. Y'all not talking to me. Look at this. Let's go further he's delusional. He stays stressed because of past mess. Remember, the message is I'm too blessed to what? Stay stressed. Acute stress is good for us. It helps us. It helped you meet that deadline last week, so you keep your job. <laughs> Got it? It, it? it helped you get that extra rep in at the gym. <laughs> Two people said amen to that. Everybody's like, no, I just stopped. I just didn't want to stay stressed, Bishop. I didn't want to stay stressed. I just stopped. <laughs> Watch, watch. He's delusional. He stays stressed because of the past. Listen to this. It's over. He's still stressed. It's over. He's still in it. And when stress leaves, but you, watch this. The stressor is gone, but you still stress. It's called anxiety. Anxiety is another name for depression. He's depressed about something that's not even there anymore. I need you to catch this. Are you here? And there's a stigma because most people don't want to talk about this. Most people want to talk about, I got the victory. You do. But not many people want to talk about the process to get it. Somebody said, let's talk about it. Let's skip down to verse number 13 so I can wrap this up. So he gave them permission. Basically, uh, This legion that's in him, and I don't want to get too deep on that side. There's legion that's in him. It's 2,000 different mentalities that are in this man, which is why he can't make any decision. He can't make any decision because every time he's ready to make a decision, there's 2,000 things saying what he should decide to do. Okay? All right? So, So they say, listen, don't cast us out of the country. They said, let, let us stay here. And there's some pigs that were over there, a large herd of pigs. So they said, let us go into them. So he gave them permission. Look at me. He needed permission not to stay stressed. Because some of us, if we don't get permission to not stay stressed and stay in anxiety, we will think that's the way life is supposed to be. Come on here, nine fifty. But somebody say my life will not be that. I need you to say it like you're telling everything in your being. Say my life will not be that. that. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits' mentalities came out and into the pigs and the herd. Now I could spend time with that. Into the pigs and the herd. I thought it was just pigs they went into. Y'all ain't ready for that. Let's move on. Numbering about two thousand. They rush down the steep bank into the sea, and what they do? They drown into the sea. Look at me. He had to get it out of him before it killed him. Stress is a silent killer. Your body becomes weak, your cells are weak, your blood is weak, your thinking's weak, everything's weak. And you're talking about the devil, and God says, No, you literally live in 1989. You still think you're that abused woman. You are not. You still think you're that abandoned boy. You are not. You still think you're that messed up somebody nobody wanted. You are not. You still think you don't deserve to be loved. Yes, you do. I need you to set yourself free from your past. I just need you to throw your hands up and say, I have permission to leave the tombs But I got to finish. Watch this. Look at verse 15. Verse 15. And they came to Jesus and they saw, notice what they call him now, the demon-possessed man. In other words, watch this. You know you're dealing with something demonic because, watch this, it is not allowing you to be helped. It likes you when you're not in your right mind. bishop, how do you know that? Look at the next part of the verse and the one with the legion sitting there, clothed in his right mind and what were they? Afraid when he was in his right mind, people thought something was wrong with him When he stopped fighting with everybody, somebody thought something was wrong. When he stopped struggling, somebody thought something was wrong. When he stopped, watch this, making the same bad decisions, somebody thought was wrong. When he started coming to church faithfully, they thought something was wrong. When he started serving, they thought something was wrong. What's this? They thought something was wrong. You know you're dealing with something demonic when it in fact is excited about your struggle. I'm coming strong now. You know you're dealing with something demonic when they say to you, why are you always at church? Demon? Demon? There's a demon behind that. Why are you always serving? There's a spirit behind that. They want you struggling. They want you stressed. Why? Because you need them. And they have become codependent on you needing them. But I think there's some people in here that say, I don't need man. I need God. Watch it. Why is this man like this? He stayed stressed. He lived in toxic, stressful thoughts after their usefulness expired. Once you give your life to Jesus while your spirit is born, your mind has to be renewed daily. And this is the struggle many people have. Can we talk about it? Somebody say, let's talk about it. I know this is taboo because in church you're supposed to say, I'm too blessed to be stressed. That's why I had to get you right. I'm too blessed to stay stressed. I got a saying, I don't keep a problem longer than a day. Why? That's too long. It ain't useful beyond that point. Yesterday, I was making some, some eggs. Y'all know I can only cook breakfast. Every other meal, I have to eat out for. And don't send me no books. Don't send me no lessons. Don't send me no YouTube video. I don't want to learn. I'm just going to help you. I don't want to be helped there. I don't want to do that. I want to go eat. And I passed a friend. It was his birthday. And I was out of town last month. It was his birthday. And so he said, Bishop, I'm going to be up there. And I said, OK, we'll do lunch. And, he, and, and I said, well, where you want to go? And, and, and I said, I know what you're trying to do. He told me where he wanted to go. I said, really? I said, so you're going to sit me right in front of the bread. <laughs> good white bread and good, good whipped butter. And I said, you're going to sit me there. And so then I tried to get there a, a little late on purpose. <laughs> because I said, it'd be cold. And I don't want it cold. And I won't ask for more. And then he calls me and says, Bishop, I'm running by So I'm sitting at the table. They bring out this demon. Set it on the table. He got my butter just right. He got my wet naps. I wet nap it up. I open the top of that bread. I said, one piece. He still wasn't there. I said, well, you know, I ain't had none in about two weeks, so I say another piece. I said, maybe if I order, I said, I'm ready to order. And then he still wasn't there. I got the third uh, piece. Now I didn't eat the end. But I ate all the rest of that bread. What are you trying to say, Bishop? I, it has nothing to do with anything. I'm just telling you what <laughs> happened to me on Friday. Um, anyway, so listen. Uh, so I was making these eggs yesterday, and my package of cheese says my cheese didn't expire until you know April 2019. That's what it said. But touch your neighbor. Say, don't, don't trust all labels. Yeah, she told you she loved God. Don't trust that label till you see her. <laughs> so you love. So I just take the cheese out, got my eggs cooking in my good copper stuff, you know. Got my eggs cooking. It's super non-stick. Put your, you know, put your foot off in it. It won't stick. And so I put the cheese on there, and I'm saying, this is going to be good. This is going to be some good eating. And then, um, you know, I'm flipping it, and I'm flipping it, and I'm flipping it, and all that. And I, I grab a little couple of pieces of the cheese. I put the cheese in my mouth. That package lied, because that tease had expired some time ago. Watch me. Look at me. It was no longer useful, so it was bitter to taste. Be a good church. It no longer was useful, so I just reached in there. But watch this, because I trusted the label. And sometimes your issue is, is you trust you when you shouldn't trust you. Y'all not talking to me. Sometimes you'll trust how you feel when you can't trust how you feel. Why? Because your feelings will fool you. Let's go Bible, Jeremiah. Your heart is deceitful. Your mind, that's what it means, is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? So it was no longer useful. So I literally, my, I literally, like, this is disgusting. So I, I threw them eggs out. And thank God, but, but, you, but you get mad because I threw the eggs out. Like, I'm taking some eggs out of your mouth. <laughs> you sit here getting upset. Them ain't your eggs. My eggs you <laughs> scrape the cheese off no because that's what we try to do in life we put a little nasty with some good and then y'all not talking to me touch your neighbor say throw the old out throw the old out that's why you got to renew your mind every single day why i gotta throw the old out the old way of thinking the old way of living the old way of believing somebody holler i gotta throw it out So here's how you do it. One, you recognize them. Sometimes even toxic thoughts provide comfort. Philippians 4.8, I'm going to move fast. Finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if there's excellence and anything worthy of praise, think about that stuff. Notice what he didn't say to think about. Everything that's not that. Say recognize them. This guy literally was stuck in toxic, stressful thoughts. And they were no longer useful because they weren't true. They weren't honorable. There was nothing praiseworthy. There was nothing excellent about it. He's still talking about what so-and-so did to him. And him and -and so-and-so ain't been friends for 10 years. Somebody say, let it go. go. You got to recognize them. Did your neighbor, say, "Recognize?" recognize. It's a magnifying glass. Um, now, out of my prop drawer, there's some props missing today. So I got, got my magnifying glass. Say, recognize them. Literally, do, do, can you even recognize when you're in a toxic, stressful thought? How do I know it's that? Because it's not the things we just read. There's nothing praiseworthy about it. It's gossip worthy. Y'all not talking to me. There's nothing honorable about it. It's dishonorable. There's nothing true about it. What do you mean true? I mean the truth about it. It's your slanted truth that always pits you as the victim. That ain't the truth. Because you ain't the victim. We have receipts. You ain't always the victim. Number two, reject them. Why? Why? Toxic thoughts eventually produce toxic actions. Why was this guy stuck in the tombs, had money, had all these things, all right? uh, uh, and, and he's stuck in the tombs? Why? Because he's stuck in these toxic, chronically stressful thoughts that have now got him in a place of anxiety and depression. Where he's at. And here's what's amazing. And he's functional. He wakes up every morning. He gets up, you know, he does all that. And watch this, he's even spiritual. How do you know? He recognized Jesus. So we can take it far enough to say he's in church. Two, reject them. Say reject him. So one, I got to recognize. How do I recognize it? It's not what we just read. Two, I got to reject them. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We destroy arguments. That's deep. And every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And take every thought captive to obey Christ. What does it mean? I make it obey the word. It means I make my thoughts obey the word. This is amazing because most of us just let our thoughts do whatever they do. And she was like, you know what? Last night was, I was just rough. I was just was thinking, oh, my God. Why were you doing that? I have to take my thoughts captive and make them obey. In other words, you lock them up and you make them obey. Somebody say, lock them up. You literally have to lock up your thoughts. You you literally have to lock up your thoughts because your thoughts will be... (laughs) Watch this. Let me tell you how crazy these thoughts are. Somebody in here will think, I bet you Bishop was preaching that because of me. Your thoughts are literally just that crazy. You are not that important to where the whole message would be about you. This is what God wants to say to everybody. But toxic, stressful thoughts will be like... I'm not touching nobody. <laughs> He's talking about me. <laughs> Baby, both shoes fit. <laughs> Take it captive. Say captive. You make it obey. Parents, and I got to close because I'm 12 minutes over time. Parents, in the South, parenting's a little different than on this side of the Mississippi. In the South, you can say, I'm not doing that. You can say it. You can say it. You, can say, it. you, can say, it. you can say it. You can say whatever you want to say. But what comes thereafter? So when we were in Memphis, um, when we were in Memphis last, was last month, this month, earlier this month, we in Memphis. I drove past uh, the elementary school. Dunbar Elementary School. I drove past the elementary school. I said, it's been, yeah, y'all been through some things around here. <laughs> it ain't the same. <laughs> Times are changing, and uh, you know me, I'm just going. You know, I'm just. You know, I was just going to walk up in there and just say, "Yeah, it's so and so here." <laughs> <You know. laughs> but even I was like, "That's okay. I'm gonna just look from the car. <laughs> I'm just look from the car." And so I saw Mrs. Wilburn's office, and she's not the principal anymore, but she was the principal when I was there. And Mrs. Wilburn had this glass paddle, and a wooden paddle. And depending on the severity of what you said, Mrs. Wilburn, she, and, and the, you'd have to come sit in the principal's office, wasn't no dean. It was her and everybody else. And so depending on the severity of what you did, touch your neighbor say, he's going somewhere. You could say whatever you want to say to the teacher. You were just gonna have to sit in that office While while that lady called your parents and said, just so you know, so-and-so did this to the teacher today. They'll be seeing Mrs. Wilburn in just a moment, and you can come get them when we're done. (laughs) Mrs. Wilburn took them paddles. See, I learned a long time ago who to be friends with. All the other kids are trying to be friends with one another. I said, y'all got it wrong. I need to be friends with the people with power. Y'all trying to hang out together. I, look, you ain't got a paddle, she do. That's my friend. What you want me to do, homework, hotline? I got you. <laughs> Smuckers, I got you, All right? Let me, okay, so Ms. Wilburn would take, would take, would take these, um, this glass paddle. If you did something real crazy, she'd take the glass paddle. And I could hear it through her office because I'd be in the office doing special projects. <laughs> I learned who to be, get favor with. Some of y'all trying to get favor with the wrong people. You want friends, you don't need friends, you need favor. Throw your hands up, and say, I need favor! So, I remember one time, I sitting in that office, and I'm getting ready to close. And when I was sitting in that office, I heard this young boy scream and holler, like she took his soul. Like it was Mortal Kombat saying soon, your soul is mine, I mean she, See literally like I mean that boy ah! I was like whatever you want your will never Here was the concept. You can do whatever you want to do. But there will be a price to pay. And what we're going to do is we're going to bring you in. Lock you up in here. And we're going to deal with what You spoke with what you said. What are you trying to say? You got to do the same thing with your thoughts. It may come to your mind. But you got to set that thing in that front office. Come here, 950. And bring it on into Mrs. Wilburn's office. And say, now this ain't honorable. This ain't productive. This ain't honoring God. This ain't making me feel better. So I got to get rid of this thought. Somebody say, I got to replace it. So you recognize them, you reject them, then you replace them. Y'all remember when we watched DVDs? Anybody? Okay. Anybody still got a DVD player? Let me see. You. Come on here. All right. That's how you know you're growing. Y'all got checkbooks, too. <laughs> and home phone numbers, huh? <laughs> And they proud about it, too. They, they stay <laughs> proud. Like, I still pay that home phone, Bill. Show sure do. Don't nobody call me on it, but I still pay it just in case. Because <laughs> you never know. Them sales might go down. <laughs> Got to have a home phone. <laughs> so check this out. So I was talking to a pastor one time. And while we were talking, I kept hearing this noise repeat. And it kept repeating. It was the five heartbeats. And it it kept repeating. Is there a heart? Is there a heart in the house tonight? Let me know. Let me know. So it kept repeating. And I was like, you really like that song, huh? They said, what are you talking about? I said, you don't hear that? Keep repeating? He said, oh, that's the DVD player. <laughs> First off, I said, "Oh, I didn't know you could still get those." Number two, number two, I said, "Well, when is somebody going to interrupt it?" That was day. That was one day. A few weeks later, I'm talking to this same pastor. Man of God, how you doing? Oh, I said, "Is there a heart in the house tonight?" Stand up let me know I said sir I said y'all still got that five heartbeats DVD playing and ain't nobody hit play he said we don't even pay attention to it come here church That's how our thoughts are. It'll keep replaying the same thing if you don't hit play and interrupt it. And you'll be weeks later doing the same thing, thinking the same thing. But I need somebody to say, I interrupted. Say, I hit play. Ephesians 4.22 and I'm done. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life. Say, I ain't that person anymore. And here's the truth. You're not who you were yesterday, today we ain't got to go back 10, 15 years we, we ain't got to go back to... when we ain't got to go back to texturizers and S-Girls we ain't got to go back that far We can go back to yesterday somebody say yesterday, yesterday. you're not that warrior anymore you're not that doubter anymore you're not that fearful person anymore you're not that person with anxiety anymore you're not that person with social anxiety anymore you're not that person that's scared anymore somebody say I'm not that person anymore and it's corrupt through deceitful desires. If I had more time, I'd teach it. Verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds. What did he say? Renew your mind. Say daily. daily. Look at verse 24, and put on your new self. S-s-s- put it on. What does that mean? I don't wait until I feel it. I put it on. So I put on faith. I put on praise. I put on worship. I put on confidence. I put it on. Somebody say, put it on. I put it on. Say, I put it on. Say, I put it on. So here's how, days, here's how your day works. Wake up. And watch this. And all that stuff, them five heartbeats gonna still be playing. And you gotta put on a new self. So when you're ready to complain, say... All things are working together for my good. When you're ready to say nothing works, say, I, all things work together. When you're ready to say, God, why me? Say, God, thank you for picking me. When you're ready to say, I'm just going to quit, you say, wait a minute. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. When you're ready to throw in the towel, you can say, wait a minute, I will reap a harvest in due season if I faint not somebody say put it on on. and after you keep putting it on then eventually you're going to look up and you're going to look at the tombs and you're going to look at your chronic stress and you're going to look at your anxiety and say this don't go with this I don't belong in chronic stress I need somebody where, if you've been there, I need you not to even be ashamed. That's why we have to talk about it. I need you to throw your hands up and say, not again. If you've been in anxiety, I need you to throw your hands up and say, not again. If you've been in worry, I need you to throw your hands up and say, not again. If you've been worried about your future and what's gonna happen, I need you to throw your hands up and say, God's got me. Say, God's got me. And God's got me on this clock and I'm out of time.